Thank you for tuning in once again to the Ramley Matters Podcast. I'm your host, Ishmael Sistrunk, the Executive Director of Communications. And with me today, have a special guest. I have Miss Kelly Harvey with Riverview Gardens High School, uh, serving as a secretary. Ms. Harvey, welcome to the show. Thank you very much. Thank you for having me. Uh, we appreciate you joining. And uh, for those of you who read the inside view and uh, read the newsletters that go out, you may be familiar with Miss Harvey. Uh, she was featured in a Q&A uh, about a book that you wrote. But before we get into the book, uh, I do just want to talk about uh, who is Kelly Harvey? How long have you been in the district? And, you know, what type of things do you do as a secretary here at Riverview Gardens High School? Okay. Well, Kelly Harvey, that's me. Uh, <laughs> I've been with the district now for four years. I started out at uh, Moline Elementary okay. as an attendant secretary, and then I've been here at the high school for the past three years. Things I do as a secretary is pretty much everything. Uh, the secretaries were the eyes and ears for admit. We can be security, we can be nurses, we can be counselors, whatever right. position that we need to fill, we just move right on in and fill it. And it's a very fulfilling job. It can be stressful, but the rewards are, are greater than the stress. <laughs> Good deal. And so what brought you to Riverview Gardens? What were you doing before you came? Before I came to Riverview, I was actually a stay-at-home mom, okay. uh, four children, and when my boys were about, well, when my twins, who are my youngest, when they were about to enter high school, um, I knew that I needed to get involved some kind of way because I was just really terrified with them having autism, of be, of them being in a bigger school and things like that. So when I got information about Riverview was hiring for a secretary, and I started off, you know, as an attendant secretary, I said, but at least I'll be able, I'll be in the district to where I can really get to them quick. And yeah. then when the position came open at the high school, I was like, oh, thank you, Lord. I can be right there. <laughs> I can be right there to assist not only the boys, but the teachers as well. So if they had any questions or any problems, I could give them a, a hands on and a heads up as far as what to do. And I can just be there to to guide both sides. OK. And. Your time here, or what's the difference between elementary and high school, just in terms of being in the buildings? Do you notice a difference with the different age groups? Yes, there is a major difference. With high school, they all think they're grown. That's that's the major difference. Uh, they do a lot more talking back. <laughs> but they pretty much think that they're adults already, and, and they act as so. That's the major difference between elementary and high school. Okay, good mm-hmm. deal. And so let's go to the book. You mentioned your boys. Yes. Um, and so you've written a book, Kingston and Cody, Two Boys, One House and Autism. Yes. Uh, and you did mention uh, that your sons have autism. Mm-hmm. Or that's something that you've been um, working through. Tell us, did your children inspire the book? Tell us how the book came about. Actually, they did. I start, I had the idea when they were five. They're 16 now, and I'm just now writing the book. But when they were five, I had the idea um, when they really got into kindergarten and interaction with their peers. And I was thinking, well, you know, it would be great if somebody wrote a children's book from a child's point of view, just simplifying autism because a lot of kids that I found I found out were afraid 
of children with autism. They didn't know how to act around them. They didn't know whether they can go up and say hi to them. Um, so I wanted children to know it's it's okay. And I wanted them to understand that everyone with autism is not the same, but they all desire the same thing, which is friendship and to be included into everything. So the so my boys were the were the inspiration for this particular book. And I guess talk a little bit about just your journey and learning, you know, what autism is, learning, you know, what type of strategies to use um, with your boys and, you know, how you incorporated that into the book as well. Well, the thing, um, one thing I like, I, I appreciate the quote unquote professionals as far as autism is concerned, but the best learning tool is just to actually live with autism Corey and CJ, they are on different spectrums of the scale. Uh, CJ, he is high functioning. You know, when you see him, you wouldn't know that he had autism, but he has little uh, what I you know call quirks where you can tell that he has autism. He's the one where his routine has to stay the same. Gotcha. If anything is going to change, then we have to let him know in enough time. Right. When he was younger, he he used to have meltdowns if the slightest thing changed. So in preparation for that, just in case we couldn't let him know ahead of time, we worked on uh, techniques for him to calm himself down or rather to not reach that level where he just has a complete meltdown. So now with him, if I happen to tell him like 15 minutes before, hey, CJ, this is going to change. He'll ask me a whole lot of questions because he's processing Things are getting ready to change. And one thing this has taught me is how to be patient because he may ask the same question over and over again, and I have to answer it over and over again. And I can't get frustrated with him because I realize that's his way of preparing himself for the change. Uh, Now, with Corey, Corey is uh, totally different. He's limited as far as his speech is concerned. He will communicate his, his wants and his needs, but he does simple things like chips, please, Noodles, please. That's as far as it goes. But if you try to have a conversation with him, he won't have a conversation with you at all. Uh, They gave him a talking device because we're trying to get him to uh, have more communication as as well as more words in his sentences. And that's been a journey in itself trying to get him to use that because him and I and the rest of the family have gotten so accustomed. We've developed our own way of communicating. Mm -hmm. So that's what he used to. He's used to that and he sticks to that. And, you know, like I said, with uh, now with Corey, you can change something in a minute and Corey would not care. Uh, but like with CJ, you know, you, everything has to stay the same. Corey, uh, he slight sounds can, you know, irritate him and, and, and he'll put his hands up to his ears. Like if I open up a bag of chips, you know, it's too loud, too loud and, and things like that. And so when they were coming up, of course, I had to learn each one different. And figure out what worked best for each child because the same thing doesn't work for each one. But that's like with any of our children, you know, everything doesn't work for all children. So that was hard in itself. But, you know, I'm grateful that I had other autism, you know, parents that could give me advice who would just be a a, a listening ear whenever I needed to vent and things like that, because it can be frustrating, but it can also be rewarding too when you see them accomplish goals and uh, when you see them just succeed and move to a higher level in their ability to do things. Mm -hmm. Wonderful. And so with the book, 
uh, it's Kingston and Cody. Um, so it's not it's not a biography per se. It's a, a fictionalized version inspired mm-hmm. by uh, your boys. Tell us a little bit about the book, the characters in Kingston and Cody. And uh, of course, we want people to go and buy the book. So don't don't spoil <laughs> everything. But if people are interested, uh, you know, what is the book about in a broad sense? Okay. Actually, what's funny is the subtitle, Two Boys, One House, and Autism. You remember back in the day when they, when they used to have Periscope? Mm-hmm. I, actually have, I actually had a Periscope show, and it was called Two Boys, One House, and Autism. Okay. And I would let people into, you know, our house for like about an hour where they can see the boys in action oh. and see how they operate. Of course, Corey didn't cooperate much. <laughs> but, uh, but at the time, CJ loved to tell stories. So CJ would just spend the whole time just telling stories. And that's you know, where, where Kingston is based off of CJ because CJ loves to tell stories. And I came up with the name Kingston and Cody. It's funny. My oldest two children, their names start with K's just like mine. But the boys, their names start with a C like their fathers. And so at the time, I didn't like that. You know how women keep <laughs> I wanted all my kids to have the same, you know, K names. So I said, okay, well, these characters going to have K names. <laughs> and, it, and I came up with Kingston and Cody. And it is based off of them. Kingston is CJ and Cody is Corey. Um, and the book, more so, as I stated before, just talks about autism. Kingston is telling the story, how it affects him and his brother differently. Uh, things they like, things they don't like, and it and it pretty much encourages children and adults alike to uh, be receptive and um, to try to be a friend, basically, and not to bully because CJ has experienced bullying when he was in elementary. Uh, so so it just encourages to, to be nice, to be kind, learn what you can about autism. And that's basically it. Okay, mm-hmm. and. Tell us a little bit about the writing process. You know, what goes into writing a book? How long does it take? You know, what are your strategies when writing? Is this your first book? Have you written other things? This is not my first. This is actually my fourth book. And what I normally do is I will, I'll, I'll have the idea. I'll jot down the idea that I have. Then later on I go and I outline how I want it to be. You know what? Strike that. No. What I normally do is I think of an idea and I immediately start thinking about character names. I don't know why I do that. (laughs) I start thinking about character names and then I outline the book. Uh, For me, it takes a minute to sit down and write because I can never find the time. But when I do find the time, I I try to spend at least an hour thinking. Uh, Actually, an hour writing, but I end up spending more like three hours just researching because I want stuff to be as accurate as possible with the book. Like I said, I had the idea when they were five and I waited 11 years before I actually wrote the book. Um, Actually writing the hardest part about writing this particular book was I had to stay in the mindset of a five-year-old by the boys being 16. I was like, okay. And then I had to make sure I didn't use words that would be too difficult for children to understand. So that was the hardest part, trying to think like a five-year-old, talk like a five-year-old, write like a five-year-old so that, you know, children could understand it. And then adults, if they're reading it to a child who does not know how to read, they would still understand it. So that was the hardest part about that book. Okay. And what about the other, you said this was your fourth book, your other yes. three books, were they children's? No, they books, wasn't. Or? My my first book uh, is is called Center Stage, and it's basically skits that I've written. Uh, 
um, the uh, the second book was The Collector, which is one of my favorites. It's uh, it's short stories, okay. a bunch of you know, a lot of lot of short stories. And my last book, well, my third book is called uh, Love's Christmas Carol, and it's a twist on the Christmas Carol, um, but it has it's. In, in, instead of the character being visited by three ghosts, he's just visited by one angel. Okay. And he takes him through to uh, help him find his love for Christmas again. You know, it's basically. And, and that particular book started out to be an audio book for someone who had who had requested it. But then that deal fell through. So I said, well, you know what? I put all this work into this book. I'm, I'm going to go ahead and release it. And that's what I did with that one. Awesome. Well, and that is interesting. I know you said it took about 11 years, mm-hmm. you know, of work on Kingston and Cody. Um, and once upon a time, I started a, a novel. I wanted to write a novel. I, I did an outline. I got a couple chapters in. Mm-hmm. And unfortunately, I was not backing up. Um, my documents and my hard drive crashed. Long story short, I ended up getting it back. You know, mm-hmm. I sent the hard drive away. I got it back. It was months later, and I really have never picked it back up. You know, I just lost that momentum. And so um, it's encouraging to hear that, hey, sometimes it can take a while. It's not just a seamless process, um, but there's always time to go back and finish or or change it up and just continue to work through uh, that process um, going back a little bit, so you've written four books. Mm-hmm. What was your inspiration to even start writing? I know the inspiration for uh, Kingston and Cody was your children, but what what interested you in writing in the first place? Did you go to school for that? Was that just always a passion? or You know, it's, it's always been a passion of mine. Uh, English was always my favorite subject in school, and I just loved to write. And I, and I, I, I honestly think it started... Uh, when I was younger, my parents, we had went to Chicago to visit cousins, and it just so happens that the Wiz was in town, the Wiz and Stephanie Mills. And when I saw the production and I saw the stage and the lights and the singing and the dancing, I told my parents then that I wanted to be an actress. And I told them that they needed to call me Dorothy. So they had to call me Dorothy for like a year because I would not answer to Kelly at all. They had to call me Dorothy. And so... Because I wanted to be an actress, I started writing my own little scenes and shows, okay. and that's what actually started. And ever since then, I was I, I just love writing. I I love creating uh, something out of nothing. I love creating worlds that could possibly exist, and 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 characters, and I just like make believe and things like that. It's almost it, and it 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 ended up becoming a way for me to escape the real world per se, just make up my own world and live in it. Uh, so I I enjoy just making making worlds and putting people in it and the worlds can be whatever I want it to be and 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 the worlds are always positive and nothing negative and, and things like that. So I would have to say my love for the Wiz triggered okay. <laughs> my my uh, passion for writing. You know, but going back to what you said, I've actually I actually started a novel many years ago that I've never and it's funny because when I was doing Kingston and Cody, I pulled all the notes out and I just looked at it and I was like, okay, one day I'm going to complete you. Right. You are my full length novel that I'm working on. I'm going to complete you. But, and, and it's, and having losing momentum that actually happens, but you, what you have to do is you have to find, you figure out why did you start? 
and then find ways to get that momentum and that passion and that desire back so that you can, you know, finish what you accomplish. And there's that bell. All right. We're in a school, so the listeners are hearing the sounds of a school. Yeah, but that's how my love for love for writing happened. Okay. Mm -hmm. And being in a school environment, are you able to, you know, talk to students about you know, writing or reading or have any students ever come and say, hey, I, I read this book or my little brother or sister read this book? I don't talk to students about reading. I mainly talk to them um, if they're, you know, skipping classes and things like that. I try to encourage them, hey, you really need your education. And then I look to see what subjects they're actually good at, you know, according to their grades. And then when I see them again, I'll just say, hey, you know, have you thought about, you know, doing this and doing that? You know, because I noticed that you're really good in this particular class. And have you thought about this, that and the other? And and they'll say, like, no. And so I try to find, you know, examples or people who are doing what they're doing and, you know, push them in that direction. The main thing I try to do is just try to encourage young people to finish school, uh, to try to have a positive outlook on life. I just listen whenever they need to vent, whenever they need to cry, if they, you know, just want to joke around, you know, we, we, we do all of that. But I don't really talk to them specifically about reading or writing, um, just whatever's going on in their life at the moment. Gotcha. Mm-hmm. Well, if we have scholars that are listening now, um, what do you think or what can you tell them about how important reading is, how important literacy is, and even having that space to create things from from nothing as you mentioned it is very important uh last year there was a young man who was sent to the office and you know, i pulled up his grades and i noticed that he wasn't doing too well in creative writing and his whole mindset was well i don't need school da 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 and so i just asked him i said well what are your future plans and he was like well i plan on having my own business i said well how successful do you think you'll be if you can't read a contract how successful will you be if you can't put your own signature? Because if someone else puts their name on it, then you're out of luck. It's, it's theirs now. Right. So how successful do you think you'll be if you can't add, if you can't subtract? How will you know if your money is right, mm-hmm. if you don't know these things? And he he just like sat there and he thought about it for a minute. And then he started going to class <laughs> and things like that. So. I often use that analogy whenever I, especially with, with some of our male scholars, because the first thing they'll say is, no, I don't need school, da, da, da. And so I use that same analogy, like, okay, well, who is your favorite rapper? You know, how do you think they came about with their record deal? I mean, are you just going to automatically just trust anybody, you know, trust your agent? You need to know what's going on. You need to make sure your money is right. You need to make sure. And the only way you're going to know is if you finish school and, some of it sinks in, sink in with some of them, then others. At least I plant the seed. That's right. the way I look at it. At least I plant the seed. <laughs> yeah, and, and reading really is that foundation mm-hmm. for everything. Yes. Like you mentioned, whether it's contracts, whether it's, you know, if you're trying to promote yourself uh, on social media. I know people doing social media mm-hmm. as influencers. Yeah. You know, you have to be able to read and write to get people to pay attention you have mm-hmm. to you know that reading is just key to everything regardless of if you're a plumber if you're a mm-hmm. business person if you're a musician if you're mm-hmm. an entrepreneur if you're a dancer whatever you have to be able to read you have to be able to communicate well and so that's certainly a very important thing to learn yes 
Good deal. So what's next for Kelly Harvey? You said you had a novel in the works, or is there a fifth book? Is that the fifth book, or what I, does the future hold? You know, I don't know if the novel will be the fifth book. Um, be, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know if I don't know if the novel will be the fifth book or another installment of Kingston and Cody. Okay. Uh, if it is another installment, then I will talk about meltdowns because they're different from temper tantrums. <laughs> so maybe so I don't know yet. Okay. I honestly don't so know. I'm King, just Kingston and Cody series maybe on the way. Now is this yes. an illustrated book? Yes. Okay. Mm-hmm. And do you do you do the illustration? Do you have? I someone wish else I could. <laughs> I really do. My I I am a horrible. No, actually, have somebody else do it. <laughs> okay, that's awesome. Um, and what's that process in terms of you know you writing out the material mm-hmm. and then do you send it to them and then they do the illustrations on their own? Do you send them like well this is what I would like? How does that process work? Actually, all of it. Um, I wrote the book. And then I describe how I wanted the characters to look, how I wanted, well, actually, what set of words I wanted pictures with, mm-hmm. how I wanted the pictures to be. Um, and it's funny because I went through Fiverr uh, and I actually had to give them examples of exactly how I wanted my characters to look. And they 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 followed it to a T. I was very impressed. I was very happy. And it was funny because when I got the first sketch, um, I had told Mr. Rusthoven, the principal in four, I was like, look at my first sketch. Look at this. Look at this. Look at this. It was it was really great. But yeah, I, I pretty much I, I wrote the book out. And then as I was as I was writing the book, I pictured how I wanted each character to look. Mm-hmm. So um, I got examples for the illustrator so they can know what to do, how, what to follow, and things like that. Mm-hmm. Okay. And do you remember your first sale, first book sale, whether it's Kingston and Cody or your first book? Like, yes, I do. How did that make you feel? Oh, I, I, I know I laughed, smiled, giggled for at least a month. <laughs> <laughs> it felt really good to not only see my words in print, but to know that someone else was reading my words, you know, was actually reading my uh, work of art. I was nervous also. Uh, so it's it's funny how every time I get nervous about somebody reading my stuff, I think about Erica Badu before the song Tyrone, when she's, <laughs> you know, <laughs> I'm an artist, I'm sensitive. <laughs> so it's like a part of me is nervous because people are reading it, but another part is really, really excited because people are reading my words. Good deal. So if people want to purchase Kingston and Cody, if they want to uh, support you and your works mm-hmm. of art, mm-hmm. how can they do that? They can actually go to my website. There's a link on my website, www.kelly, that's with K-E-L-L-E-Y, dharvey.com. Or they can just go directly on amazon.com and put in Kelly D. Harvey, and it'll come up for them. Okay. Mm-hmm. Is there anything else that I didn't ask you that you wanted to add to the Ramley Matters listeners? Read. Reading is wonderful. It really is. You learn so much. And you don't necessarily have to just read a book. Uh, Whatever you can get your hands on to read. Read a newspaper. Although I know physical newspapers are going out of style. But when you get online, read, 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 read. Uh, One thing that other other cultures try to... How do I want to say that? All that I'm saying is read. 
you'll 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 learn a lot. You'll find a lot of stuff out when you read. Reading is important. Absolutely. <laughs> Reading is important. And on that note, uh, thank you again for sitting down thank with you. us and telling your story and uh, telling us about Kingston and Cody and your children. And uh, we thank all the listeners for tuning in. Um, and so we appreciate you. Appreciate Next you. Next week thank we'll so have much. another guest. Uh, but thank you for tuning in to the Ramley Matters Podcast. Again, I'm Ishmael Sistrunk here with Kelly Harvey. And make sure you go and check out her website link. Uh, so that you can see Kingston and Cody and you can support a Riverview Gardens member of the Ramley. Hey. <laughs> All right. We'll see you next week.